Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. Thank you so much for being here. Honestly, it means a lot to me. And if you're not sure what Strength of Body and Mind means and what the intent of this whole podcast is and the brand Strength of Body and Mind, well, I'm going to tell you about it, okay? It is my core belief that all of our fitness ambitions and all of our health and all of our strength and all of our power and energy ambitions and goals, they are all driven 1000% by mindset. Okay. All your good habits are built on top of a strong mindset. All of your daily choices that are good for you and are positive and beneficial for you are built on top of a good mindset. Okay. All of your disciplines are built on top of mindset. You don't just build discipline and build habits for no reason. And if you are able to force yourself to build good habits and build good disciplines and you don't have the mindset to back it up, the chances of that being sustainable and you being consistent with that for an extended period of time are essentially zero. Okay, it's non-existent. It's the same as a crash diet. So what does strength of body and mind mean? Well, back to my point, I believe all of those habits and all of those disciplines and all of those lifestyle choices are built on top of a mindset. Okay, and it's my goal to get more people to understand that concept and get more people to pay more attention to prioritizing mental strength, mental discipline, okay, and putting themselves in a situation where they are constantly chasing a greater version of themselves in their mind. That sounds really complicated, but it's really not, okay? I believe that if you have a vision for yourself, okay, a vision for your health, a vision for your body, a vision for your strength, a vision for the amount that you're able to move, the amount of flexibility you have. If you have a vision for all those things and you are actively trying to pursue that, you'll create the disciplines, you'll create the habits, you'll create the nutritional decision-making, all of those things. You'll create them naturally, almost intuitively to map to those things. Okay, but it doesn't happen through crash dieting or deciding that I'm cold turkey going to go into this thing and lose a bunch of weight and change my life overnight. It all starts with mindset. Okay, strength of body, strength of mind. They are not mutually exclusive. Okay, they are one and the same. Now, today's episode is about my one of my favorite subjects 
and that is legs, the power of legs, okay? And the power, specifically, the power of working out your legs. Now, if you're into weightlifting at all, or if you're kind of like in that world a little bit, then you know there's like this big running joke that a lot of guys, and, and girls too, go to the gym, and they only work their upper body, and they never work their legs, and they talk about never skip leg day and all that shit. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? That is that is part of it, I guess, sort of, but not really. What I'm talking about is a lot more serious, okay? It's a lot more... Um, it's a lot more realistic. It's a lot more practical. Okay. Your legs, the legs of the human body are the only thing that connects you to the ground. Okay. The legs give you the power and you all know this, right? But I just, I want to say it out loud. I want you to take the extra second to think about it. The legs give you the power and the ability to explore, right? They give us the ability to walk around. They give us the ability to travel, they give us, they basically are the one thing that we have that allow us to have movement, right? They, the legs are our movement around the planet. Now, obviously, I feel a need to say this. There's exceptions to everything. I understand there's a lot of people that have gone through some extremely unfortunate circumstances or they were born in unfortunate circumstances and they don't have legs or they don't have one leg or they have prosthetics, or they're in a wheelchair. I get it. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? I personally know people in those situations. That is not what I'm talking about, okay? If you are lucky enough to have two legs that work, okay, and you are able to walk and able to move on your own at will because you want to, all right, then you should feel that you have a gift and that that gift, and this is not religious, okay, (laughs) but you have a gift and that gift is that you are free to explore, free to move, free to use your body, okay? That is an amazing gift and you have essentially won the lottery, all right? Now, that gift doesn't last that long. In the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't. Okay, anything could happen. You could lose that gift at any time, whether it was through like a horrible accident or even just old age, right? You could lose that gift. Anybody could lose the power to walk and run and jump and sprint and even crawl. You need your legs to crawl. Uh, You could lose that gift at any time, okay? And as we get older, All of the pieces that make up that gift, all of the things that we have from the waist down, they stop working the way they did when we were younger. Obviously, we lose our elasticity, okay? We lose the springiness of our joints, right? All the cartilage in our knee is not the same at 40, 50, 60, 70 as it was when it was, you know, you're in your teenager years or your 20s, okay? 30s. Okay, all of that goes without saying, right? But when you still have the ability to use your legs to the full capacity of what they're there for, you have freedom, okay? So your legs are your freedom. That's how I like to think about it a lot because it's actually the truth. If I couldn't use my legs right now, I couldn't get up and walk up the stairs that I need to go up to get out of the office that I'm currently sitting in while I'm recording this, okay? I would have to have either a crutch or a cane or 
you know, if it was if it was really bad, obviously a ramp or something like that, right? And a wheelchair or an elevator. And while I have the ability to use my legs to my full advantage, I want to make sure that I do everything in my power to make sure that they are strong enough and maintained to the point where I get every possible ounce of energy that my legs can possibly provide for me over the course of my life. And I think that everybody should do that. All right, it's putting a priority on your leg strength and leg growth and leg development. Okay, they are so powerful. And the other part of this, the thing that I think hardly anybody ever thinks about is that legs, your legs are half your body, right? They are literally, if you think about it, about half your body, okay? Now, I haven't gone through the exercise of actually calculating out uh, the ratio of leg, like total leg volume to upper body volume or leg mass to upper body mass, but I don't think I need to, okay? Look at the human body. It's about half your body. And more importantly, it holds up everything else, all right? I always like to envision the, the legs as being sort of like the support columns for the rest of your body because everything rests on top of that. And that's why as you get older, a lot of people, especially if they don't take care of themselves, they have a lot of knee issues. And this isn't the only reason, okay? But it is a reason. A lot of knee issues and people develop arthritis to the worst degree in their ankles and in their knees. And obviously there's a million factors that go into this, okay? But just remember that because all of that weight is being supported by the knees, which are very small, and the ankles, which are also very small, um, they are at high risk. And because of that, honestly, it's our responsibility to take care of them, okay, to do everything we can. Now, because this is a health and fitness-centric podcast, and if you're listening to this, you're probably into health and fitness or you're starting to get into it, and you're curious about workouts and you're curious about muscle priorities, um, although technically all muscles should be a priority, the legs should be one of the highest priority muscles. Now, what do I mean when I say a high priority muscle? What I'm saying is if you are going to begin putting together or following a training plan of some sort, you're going to start working out or you already do and you're looking for just some ideas of maybe ways to change it or ways to get better, ways to develop, make sure that part of your routine is focused on the legs and that it's not an insignificant amount of your routine, meaning I would dedicate a, a good uh, like 20 to 25% of your entire routine to legs, whether that's one out of your four days of working out or one out of your five days of working out. I would dedicate an entire day to legs and I would do everything from the waist down all at once, basically. Um, now, there's a ton of exercises you can do that exercise the legs. I'm going to talk about a couple here in a minute. But when you think about the legs, what most people think about when they think about the legs is that there's three to four muscle groups in the legs, which isn't wrong, okay? But I want to dive into this just a little bit. Um, most people, when I ask them, you know, hey, what do you think about? Like when you see 
the leg muscle groups, or if you think about your legs, or when you go to the gym to work legs, what do you what do you hit and why? You know, what what exercises do you do and why? And usually, what I hear from people is, well, I'll do uh, I'll do some leg press. Um, I'll do like a squat or a hack squat. Um, I'll do like some extensions. I'll do some curls, like leg curls, and then maybe some calf raises. And then if I ask them why, you know, and I'm asking them, you know, what, what do you do that exercise for, or this one or that one, uh, usually it's because, well, I need to work my, my, my quads, my hamstrings, and my calves. And then sometimes you hear people also throw in their glutes, right? Uh, which isn't wrong. Okay, that's not wrong. But what, I, what most people don't really know because they just haven't looked at it or never researched it and never, I don't know, been in school and been taught this is that, um, you know, those are the four, I guess, muscle groups you can call them. And they are, it's not wrong. Um, but I think people underestimate the amount of components that are in each of those muscle groups, right? Because no one really knows unless you study this stuff or you're passionate about it and you uh, you work in the field or something. But no one really knows that the calves can be broken down to like the gastronemius and like soleus and peroneus brevis, right? All these weird like names that everyone forgets as soon as they learn them. Uh, those are, there's a lot of pieces to each of those muscle groups. And that those are just individual muscles. And then... There's also the other contributing factors, right? Your ligaments and your tendons and the bones that are interwoven in between all these, which are attached to the muscles with via tendons, okay? Cartilage. There's all these other things that are in there that you can't work or exercise or build or develop necessarily, but by strengthening the muscles, you take pressure off of those things. Let me explain tendonitis. Okay. I have tendonitis in my right elbow and I'm almost certain that I developed that from a combination of weightlifting, playing the drums and playing hockey, all three of those things. There's really nothing I can do to get rid of it unless I get surgery and I don't want to do that. Okay. So, but I can, I can make it tolerable. And I do, I can do that through a number of different ways. Uh, but the way to make, uh, to prevent tendonitis, which is what I should have done, or to make it more manageable and tolerable once you do technically have it, uh, and, and are feeling symptoms of it is to strengthen the muscles around it. Okay. And you do that by obviously, uh, exercising, right. Doing all the right things, ensuring proper form and making sure that you are targeting the muscle specifically and not uh, using all of your support or compensation muscles to try and overcome a heavier weight than you should be lifting. Instead, work and target and build up specific muscle groups that you know are going to contribute to that issue. Okay, so why does this matter? Why am I breaking this up? It's because... Yes, we have those four major muscle groups in the legs, but all of the supporting components, right? All of the ancillary equipment, if you will, that makes it all work, all of those things are fragile. And no, you can't work them directly, 
but those four major muscle groups, they, they sort of protect all of that. And all of that stuff works better when those four major muscle groups are developed and they're strong and they are uh, trained to the point where they can essentially take a beating, right? They're used to resistance. They're used to being exercised and it's not foreign to those muscle groups to be uh, stressed, if you will, stressed in a, in a in the way of uh, resistance or or having to push weight or lift weight. When when they're used to all that and they're used to taking a beating and they're strong and developed, then you won't experience nearly as many issues with your knees or your ankles or all the supporting tendons and all of the supporting ligaments. Now, the one thing we didn't really mention here is the uh the hips okay people don't put enough emphasis on hip strength hip uh flexibility and hip rotation and i bet if you went out right now and you asked the next five people you see adults over the age of 25 if they can open their hips right meaning can they rote can they take their right foot and uh, turn their open up their hips so that their toes are pointing uh, straight out to the right side of their body and their heels are on the inside and take their left foot and point the left toes straight out to the left side and put their heels on the inside so their heels are touching and their toes are pointing out. I bet if you ask the next five people, maybe one of them can actually do that. Okay, they have already lost uh, their ability, their flexibility in their hips to open them up like that, which is sad. And why do I think it's one out of five? Well, it's because I've asked a lot of people, probably in the range of, I don't know, 50 to 70 people in the last year, if they can do that. And like, let's, it's about one out of five. If I had to ask, it's about one out of five. So anyway, what's my point? My point is that um, if you don't play a sport or something, as you get older, you stop doing these things and you start losing flexibility in your hips. As you lose flexibility in your hips, you know what becomes more difficult? Everyday fucking life. Regular shit. Moving boxes, lifting couches, uh, running outside with your kid trying to teach him how to play baseball or football or throw a frisbee. All of that stuff gets harder. And if you ever uh, are hanging out somewhere, maybe at a sporting event with a kid or um, you're at your child's or your nephew's or your godson's um, like football game or something and you see them like on their knees and they're like kind of contorted all bent over backwards because they're just goofing around or whatever. Have you ever been in a situation like that and you've heard someone say, oh man, if I did that, I'd never be able to get up again. You know, or if you ever heard anyone be like, oh shit, you know, if I was like, if I was down in that position, I'd, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed for a week. You know, that's because people, they don't understand that their body is still flexible. It's still capable of being flexible. It's still capable of moving. It's almost like they throw in the towel as soon as they enter adulthood. And you don't need to be this routine practicing gymnast or something in order to maintain flexibility. Okay. But you do need to put an emphasis on it. You do need to make it a priority in your life, at least a little bit. And 
your life will be so much better if you actually spend time trying to develop and trying to build up and trying to maintain your leg strength and your leg mobility and leg flexibility. Okay, so back to my point about the hips. The hips are something that just consistently is a a topic and a piece and part of the body that people just don't care about anymore. They just stop thinking about. They don't they don't even prioritize it at all. And they become surprised at 50, 60 years old when they go to the doctors because they went to bed and then they woke up and couldn't walk because they twisted something, supposedly. Uh, and they get surprised that the doctor tells them they need a new hip because they haven't actually been paying attention to it at all. Now, again, there's exceptions to this. I understand, right? People have degenerative bone disease, blah, blah, blah. You know that's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about the average person that has a perfectly healthy um, bone structure and a normal uh, muscle density and muscle tissue structure and they just don't do anything to maintain or improve or develop that over time and they let father time take his toll while they could very well have been able to do something about it and then over 30, 40 years they don't do anything and all of a sudden uh, all the supporting muscles around the hips are no longer (laughs) strong enough and the hips deteriorate very quickly at a rapid pace. Um, that is the thing that I'm most worried about, and that's the thing that I think is it's so preventable, and it it breaks my heart a little bit because I think that the human body is so fascinating, and we have the ability to strengthen it and develop it and build it and put in place all these these habits and all these disciplines to make sure that none of that breaks down and we have so much control, but we don't actually put it into practice. And so I'm worried about that because I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And I know there's so many amazing people that are going to experience that, that are going to wish they didn't. Okay. It's this big ball of regret that is just waiting to pop as soon as people go through something horrible like this as a result of making bad decisions for 20, 30, 40 years, okay? So let's transition over to the core, okay, just for a little bit. Uh, That's the other thing. I don't think enough people, actually I know this too, enough people, there's not enough people that understand the connection between the, the core of the body and the legs and how important of a role they both are to each other. Meaning, without a strong core, your leg strength is always going to be held back, okay? And then without strong legs, your core strength is always going to be held back. Uh, The argument that doing sit-ups is the way to build a core, and when I say core, I'm talking about your obliques and your abs, your center abs, uh, from your sternum all the way down to your, uh, your pelvic area. All of that, is actually exercised like a thousand times more when you do any kind of strenuous leg activity than when you do sit-ups and crunches. Sit-ups and crunches are, um, I actually don't do them. They, I mean, not really anyway. They're um, they're more of like a, like a pump-up type of exercise. Like if you already have a six-pack or you already have 
like some kind of abs going on and you just bang out 150 crunches, it's going to make kind of everything pop. So it's, I think it's something that people do before they go on stage or before they hit the beach or something just to, to try and do the, like that last little bit that they can to make, you know, certain muscles pop or show or whatever, but it's not for building size. It's not for building strength. And for people who are interested in having a developed like core that you can see, uh, sit-ups and crunches are not going to get it for you. Um, now, all aesthetics aside, core strength is absolutely critical for any type of leg exercise, especially when you get into heavier weight, if you're interested in that. Um, and like I said, the reverse is also true. Okay. You need strong developed legs in order to really have a strong developed core that can take a lot of strength. Uh, it's just kind of the way it is. And the reason for that is because they're, they're actually essentially connected. Okay. What connects your lower pelvic area to your legs, that all goes through your hips. And if you look at the human anatomy, uh, they're connected in a way where, um, yes, like I said earlier, the legs are the pillars that hold the whole thing together, but the core is like essentially two pillars joining together to become one. Okay. You can think of it that way. Um, and that, that one that is, you know, used to be two, used to be your two legs. They join together through the hips and they come out the other side as one stronger pillar that's thicker, wider. Uh, and that is your core, which is really also made up of your lower lats on your back and, um, kind of like your lumbar area. Um, but the core muscles, they kind of stabilize everything, right? Everything, everything rests on that. Uh, which then in, in turn rests on your legs. So your abs, um, your, your obliques, which are abs, but they're, you're, they're on the side. They kind of connect everything in the middle to the side. And then obviously as you work your way back, you hit your, your lower lats, which is technically your bass, your back muscles. Um, you know, and then they're also there to protect your ribs and everything. But those abdominal muscles are so critical for keeping everything together and keeping everything from essentially like falling out of place. Uh, when you go to perform any kind of lift that requires you to stand up, if you're, again, we're talking weightlifting here, your core is going to become engaged whether you want it to or not, meaning it's going to tense up. And if you're going to say, do an overhead press, or you are doing a bicep curl, or you're doing a bent over row or anything like that, you're core is going to tense up. Uh, depending on the lift, it's going to become more or less important for that lift specifically, but it's always going to tense up a little bit and it's always going to be required to keep your body fixed in the position that it needs to be in while you perform the lift. Now, working the legs like a squat or a hack squat or a leg press or any of those, uh, because you're moving your legs in such a deep range of motion, you have to engage your core. And whether you try to or not, it's going to happen. And so the stronger your core, the more you're going to be able to work on your legs. And there's no way to perform a heavy squat or a heavy leg press or a heavy hack squat or a heavy lunge even uh, without working your core. 
And so for everybody who's curious how you build a strong core and a strong set of abs and eventually get themselves to a point where they have a visible six-pack, if that's what they're into. And the reason I keep coming back to that is because it just seems to be something that everybody wants, uh, a lot of people. And I ask everybody you know, their fitness goals and stuff. And it, it, a lot of times it always comes back to that. Anyway, squats, uh, lunges, deadlifts, um, leg press, all of those things, those all work the core in such a, a, a vast way that it leads directly to building up abs the way that you probably won. Okay. Um, listen, I started off this episode with the intent of talking specifically about how important it is to work and maintain and develop your legs. And I also wanted to talk about how they play into the core strength and core development of the human body. Um, Originally, I thought I might try to break down a bunch of exercises, but honestly, as I'm talking here, I'm kind of thinking that the audio description of an exercise and trying to have you visualize it is probably not the best form to digest that. Um, so I'm going to do some of this stuff, probably going to end up uh, writing a blog post about it. Um, I am planning on going through different muscle groups, like kind of one at a time and talking about the importance of them and how they play uh, their part in the human body and what I think most people want out of that particular muscle group as it pertains to their fitness goals. And I'm basing a lot of my data off of what I have received in feedback from other people. So I ask people, um, and then a lot of times I get information from people when I don't ask, which is cool too. I do like that. And I take that data and I take all that feedback and I put it into what I think is going to be the best content that I can provide. So I think that this podcast episode was extremely valuable, especially if you are a new person just getting into fitness, just getting into weightlifting, and you are kind of hyped up at the idea of having like a toned upper body or something, and you haven't really given any thought to legs and the importance of legs, and you don't really understand why people would work out their legs. Well, this is the reason. So listen to this episode again if you have to. I think there are a lot of major takeaways, but the main punchline, guys, is that without working your legs, without spending time developing them and building them and putting an emphasis on your legs, you are literally neglecting about half your body. And if you neglect half of your body, the systemic effects that you're going to see are a reduced core strength, a reduced core development, uh, hip flexibility going out the window, um, your glute flexibility going out the window, which is incredibly important if you want any sort of rotation or flexibility in your legs, okay? All of that goes out the window if you don't put emphasis on your legs. Is it going to happen tomorrow? No. Next month? No. But in 10 years? Yeah, maybe. 15? Definitely. 20? Definitely. And then from then on, it just gets worse. So my point is, absolutely, you need to spend time developing your legs. And the other thing that I didn't really talk about, but I think a lot of you are probably connecting the dots here, as you work out your legs, because it is so much muscle mass compared to the upper body, and you're doing it all at once, you are burning a shitload of fat and calories when you do that. Okay? Working out your legs is literally working out half your body at the same time, all at once. So when you do a squat, 
or when you do a leg press lift, or when you do a hack squat or a lunge, you are working about half your body all at once. The energy that your body needs to perform that is significant. So the result is increased weight loss, increased fat loss. And I think that if you do this for a short period of time, then you're going to actually come back and thank me for opening your eyes to that because it's the truth. Okay, that was one of the biggest shifts in my routines ever was incorporating a much more substantial emphasis on legs. Okay, putting all of my energy into making legs a priority changed my life forever. Okay, so with that, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, Make sure you check out the next episode It's something that I've been very interested in talking about for a long time. It's uh, a lot more mindset stuff. And uh, anyways, check it out. So thanks so much. Recommend this to a friend if you got anything out of it. And please leave us a review also if you got anything out of this. So with that, uh, thanks again, guys. And uh, I'll see you in the next episode. Take care.